Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stoic Minds podcast. We're your hosts, Abby and Blake, and in this podcast, we're going to be diving into our journey after an accident that changed our lives forever in December of 2020, as if 2020 wasn't a shitty enough year to begin with. Each episode, we're going to be covering a wide range of topics regarding burn trauma and rehabilitation. We'll also cover how we've overcome and grown from this experience and how we've learned to view life through a more positive lens. We hope this podcast provides both education and support for those going through a similar experience. Thanks for tuning in and let's get into this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode two of the podcast. First of all, before we get into this episode, we just wanted to give a huge thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode and sent us super nice messages. It was really nice for us to receive those and know that you guys enjoyed the podcast. It definitely makes it more fun for us to do this for you guys. Yeah, we had a lot of a lot of positive feedback, myself, yeah. like myself included. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, thank you to everyone and thanks for tuning back in for episode two. We have some pretty interesting stuff to share in this episode. We're going to kind of continue on the story from our last episode and get into the initial treatment that Blake received after getting to the hospital after his accident. And it's some pretty interesting stuff. But before we get into that, so if you guys remember in our last episode, we were kind of talking about when Blake was transported to Toronto from Winchester. And there was like some issues with the helicopter because of the freezing rain. And I had mentioned like, oh, a helicopter, you'd think like it'd be better in freezing rain. There's no run, like you don't need a runway. Yeah, exactly. So, and we mentioned our friend Austin, who's a pilot. He actually reached out to me this week and he's like, oh, I have some clarification for you guys about what happened that night with the transport. So it's actually pretty interesting. So I guess um, what he sent us, obviously ice and freezing rain is dangerous for all aircrafts, not just a helicopter, but planes as well. But because helicopters don't really have any systems to protect against this type of weather, they decided to go with an airplane because these have obviously more The airports are set up right they have like de-icers yeah exactly so the airplanes have the systems to protect from ice so that was why orange would have activated one of their airplanes after the helicopter would have declined the call so orange has their own fleet of airplanes that i guess are generally utilized for longer flights throughout the province which makes sense if you're going longer a plane is more suitable and they're also a lot faster than helicopters so Obviously, there's benefits and drawbacks to both. The helicopter could have landed directly at Sunnybrook versus the plane. Literally, like right on the roof. Yeah, which actually I think was right near your room. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like right above the unit I was in. Yeah, because I remember you saying like later on when you were awake that you remember like seeing the helicopters and stuff. I I didn't I didn't see I don't think I saw. Yeah, I hear hear them quite often. Yeah, so obviously that's a huge benefit to taking the helicopter. You get right to the hospital, whereas the plane would have had to go to a nearby airport, which we also found out the name of. And I actually thought of it like right after recording the podcast, and it's Buttonville Airport, which is a short drive from Sunnybrook. So while the plane was en route, Orange would have sent their critical care medics from Ottawa to prep Blake, and then... All of the crews are in constant communication with the Orange Communication Center, providing updates and their ETA. And by doing this, they're able to minimize delays so that as the plane is landing in Ottawa, they're loading Blake up 
getting him to Buttonville. And then same thing, they would have been in communication with the medics that would be meeting them in Buttonville so that when the plane got there, they would have been there, loaded him up, taken him right to Sunnybrook. Yeah, it was really well coordinated, but that's because like time is of the essence at that point. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was just some kind of interesting clarification, I guess, that Austin sent us. And yeah, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but he was just because of his work, he was actually able to see on like a map exactly where the flight was and stuff. And he could like track the flight path the night uh, that Blake was being transported, which is also pretty cool. So yeah, that's that. We just wanted to kind of quickly cover that because it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And I guess we'll get into today's episode. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to have a sip of my wine <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll continue. <laughs> What do I have here? Raspberry lemon nude vodka soda. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. So in our last episode, also, if you're listening to this and haven't listened to our first episode, highly recommend you go and do that because this episode is probably not going to make a lot of sense to you if you don't listen to that one because we're kind of just going to continue on from there. So if you guys recall from the last episode, I believe we left off. We had arrived at Sunnybrook. Blake had been there for maybe a couple hours. They had gotten him settled, had him assess, kind of figured out the extent of the injuries. And then we met with the doctor, social worker, and his nurse for the day. Kind of gave us the rundown, like, this is, you know, how much percentage of his body's burned, the length of stay, roughly. They gave us a 40-day number. Really, It was really close to that, too. Yeah, I think it ended up being 55 in the end, just at the ICU. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was more yeah. than 40. That's yeah, right. so it was, there was some complications that we'll get into in the later episode, but yeah, it was about 55. Mm-hmm. And then kind of gave us information about the visiting. As we all know, COVID was very bad in Toronto, so unfortunately we could only have one visitor. So that was Blake's mom, Jackie. They did let me go and see him that day, which was really nice of them. So yeah, after we kind of got that information and just asked our questions, it was very emotional, obviously. We went to see him and that was also very emotional. He was pretty... uh, Well, this is where we're (laughs) going to get into what they do, right? Yeah. So I'll kind of, I'll get into what... I was a Michelin man. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Blake looked like a little bit of a gorilla. (laughs) Like, like, I must have been like double my size. I don't know. I was like big. I was like a Michelin man. So... The initial treatment. So this is kind of what we're going to talk about in today's episode because it's actually pretty interesting. So we're kind of going to discuss the first 24 to 48 hours of treatment in a case like this. So before we get into that, just some other information. So as we mentioned in our previous episode, Blake had 40% of his body burned in third degree or full thickness burns. So there's a few ways to calculate this, but one of the methods that is commonly used is called the rule of nines. So essentially each body part counts as a percentage. Or each like section. Yeah, each sec, not each body part, but each section of the body counts as a percentage. So for example, in Blake's case, we would have counted his face, which was 9%. Well, face ears back of my head yeah like right. fi- like head yeah, essentially yeah head. just there's like a little patch on the back of my head yeah wasn't, so but. his head was nine percent his torso would have been 18 percent and then the front of each arm would have each accounted for 4.5 percent and then the back of his one arm 
was 4.5% to equal a total of approximately 40%. So that's kind of how they estimate the body surface area. Yeah, well, I mean, you said torso, it's chest, stomach, down to basically down to my waistline where yeah, my belt like would have your... been. It's like literally where my belt would have been. That's where it stopped. And then yeah. like my sides as well, like my yeah. sides up my side to my armpit, basically. There's a little patch in, in my armpit that wasn't burned, like my armpits. Yeah. And there's of... some spots on your right arm that. Yeah. So my right arm is like, I'd say my, well, that's why it's 4.5. Yeah. 50% of this arm is burned. And... Yeah. 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 So that's kind of how they calculate that, which is kind of cool so that's how they got that number and then losing my train of thought (laughs) (laughs) you're going with the the whole fluid calculation yeah so yeah so the reason that blake looked like a michelin man (laughs) is uh so whenever someone has this extent of burns to their body one of the first treatments within the first 24 hours is to basically just load them up with fluids like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of complications that can happen in this stage just because it's such a huge trauma to the body so well your body's trying to basically like when you have the third degree or full thickness burns all that fluid that's in you is going to those burns right like yeah to basically your body's trying to protect yourself yeah and there's also other other things which I'm about to get into. Yeah. So obviously these burns cause significant injury to the localized parts of the body that are burned, but they also cause a systemic response in the body. So basically when someone's burned to this extent, there's a lot of manifestations that happen. We're just going to discuss some of the main ones just to yeah. keep it somewhat simple. It's going to get a little bit complex, but we'll keep it as simple as we can. So as a result, of these burns and the trauma, some things in the body are released called inflammatory mediators. So these inflammatory mediators cause fluid loss and a large fluid shift in the body. And this generally occurs, again, like we mentioned over the first 24 hours, but it peaks at six to eight hours after injury. So these responses in the body can cause the patient to develop what's called hypovolemia. So this is just essentially a decreased volume of blood circulating throughout the body. And then along oh, with... Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Like it, it decreases the amount of blood in your body? Yeah, that? so it causes... Well, I guess that makes sense. There's fluid in your blood, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And then also with that, it causes hypoperfusion, which is when you basically just have a reduced amount of blood flow. So okay. you have a reduced amount of blood volume but also a reduced amount of flow. So obviously those two things are very important to keep your organs functioning, functioning and yeah. stable. So these two things, hypovolemia and hypoperfusion combined is known, like in this situation, is known as a burn shock. So initially each of these responses can be managed with aggressive fluid resuscitation. So that's why the initial treatment is to just basically load the body up with fluids. And it, like, it's a ridiculous amount of fluid. Like, yeah, we're going to get into that. <laughs> get into that. It's, it's like crazy. So yeah, that's kind of the reasoning behind the fluids. So generally any patient with burns greater than 20% of the body surface area. So Blake, as we mentioned, was 40% should be undergoing this fluid resuscitation. And the total amount of fluid is calculated using a formula. So the formula used to calculate this volume of fluids is four milliliters 
times the patient's body weight in kilograms times the percentage of their body surface area that's burned. So, for example, in Blake's case, the calculation would have looked something like 4 milliliters times 98 kilograms, which was his weight at the time. Sorry, I just uh, shared your weight on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. You're not a woman. You don't care. Times 40. So that would equal 15,680 milliliters of fluid to be administered over 24 hours. So that's almost 16 liters of fluid to be administered intravenously over 24 hours. So just to put that... Yeah, you had given me an example. Yeah, just to put that into perspective. And also, actually, before I say this, so that's to be administered over 24 hours, but along with that, half of that, so would have been like, 7,800 and some mils of fluids is to be given within the first eight hours. Wow, yeah. So that's like seven liters of fluid in eight hours. So just to put that in perspective, for a patient who's receiving fluids in the hospital, generally a high rate is 100 mils an hour. So you get like a liter over 10 hours. I was getting 1,000 an hour? (laughs) Basically, yeah, you're getting 1,000... You were getting one liter in one hour. (laughs) So that's just like crazy to me. So hence the fact that he looked like a Michelin man. (laughs) I don't even know like I, what I looked like. like, Well, you saw that photo. I thought, Oh no, I don't think I saw one. I I don't think I saw one where I looked uh, like the Michelin man. Yeah, I think you did. Oh, maybe. But anyways, just because of all of the fluids, he was just extremely puffy. And they warned us before we went in the room. They were like, this is, you know, the initial treatment. We load them up with fluid. So he's not going to look like himself. He's probably going to be unrecognizable to you. And he's going to be really, really puffy. So when we went in, it was like absolutely that. He was so swollen. It was crazy. I c- I've never seen anything like that. Surprised you don't get any like organ issues or anything like. Yeah, I mean, there is fluids. risk, but it's your body's just like. Yeah. so messed up from yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the trauma so it's yeah. this has just been the treatment for burns for a long time i think and it's been successful to prevent that burn shock hmm. um so yeah that's kind of the treatment there and there's also things that they have to do during that like while yeah. i'm swollen like that to prevent other issues like yeah so sometimes because of the swelling that the fluid causes, they have to do, I'm probably going to botch this word, but an emergency escherotomy. So this is, I think that sounds right. I don't know. But anyway, I had, I had the corner, corner of my eye. I had a small slit made in the corner of my eye to allow more room for my. Yeah. So what they do with this procedure is, um, they'll go, So it's a surgical procedure, but because in burn patients with full thickness burns like Blake, these burns damage the underlying tissue as well. So their nerve, their nerves are damaged and hair follicles, all of that. So because the nerves are damaged, they don't have feeling afterwards. Obviously during the accident, you had feeling of what was happening, Mm -hmm. but afterwards there's no feeling there. So this surgical procedure can be done at the bedside without any anesthetic and also he was in a medically induced coma so you wouldn't have felt it anyways but yeah so basically what they do is just make small little incisions in the skin so they did this on your arms i believe as well 
it's just to prevent constriction because you're so swollen it can cause like basically i need my skin like i need more room for my yeah it can cause like a compartment syndrome almost where your your underlying nerves and i mean your nerves are already damaged but other nerves and stuff getting damaged so they did that on your arms and then also yeah in the corner of your eyes because was it do you know if it was both eyes or just one it was both eyes both and actually so what's interesting is we kind of forgot to mention this but whenever you got to the hospital this so for those of you who don't know where sunnybrook is it's like a huge hospital like Like there's all different like there's A like, to Z, basically, wings. Yeah, I don't like, know if there actually goes to Z, but like... There's different buildings, like kind of almost all in like a compound. And there's different, you know, there's like a brain center. There's mental health. There's heart disease. Like there's everything you could ever imagine. Yeah, they have a lot of wings there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool because... And they told us that that's actually a really big advantage about being at Sunnybrook is that you have all of these specialists right there. Yeah. So when someone like Blake comes in the initial day when they're doing the assessment, they have all of these doctors come and they all assess you at once. So they had like an ICU doctor, they had the burn surgeons, they had eye doctors, like everyone. So it was actually the eye doctor that recommended they do this because he was worried that the swelling was going to damage your optic nerve and they didn't want to risk losing your vision or damaging your vision. So yeah, that was pretty cool. So yeah, that's kind of the initial treatment and when I tell you that his IV pole, like <laughs> honestly, was like an IV pole on steroids. Like I, I have a picture of yeah, my IV pole. Jackie and I could not like so I, I mentioned in the previous episode, like I just graduated nursing school, so I'm around IVs and stuff all the time. The most I've ever seen is like maybe two or three IV pumps on one pole. Yeah. Blake literally had ten. all with fluids medication electrolytes like so much stuff i walked in the room and i was like holy shit look at this iv pole i actually as emotional and scary as this day was me coming from a healthcare background i was like this is actually kind of interesting like he's on a ventilator i mean not that was kind of scary but i was like this is kind of cool seeing all this stuff because I was still in nursing school at this point. So I was like, this is kind of educational for me. <laughs> yeah, something to take your mind off of the situation. Yeah, so I, but that was one thing I was like, holy shit, look at this IV pole. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so yeah, so that's kind of that. It's process. Yeah, it's quite the process. So because of all of these things that can happen over the first 24 to 48 hours, this is the most critical phase. So... That was pretty stressful. Like those two days, they told us like, once he gets through this, we're kind of, it's more on the up on the up from here. I mean, there's obviously going to be, they kind of describe it like there's going to be hills that we need to get over, but if he can make it through these first 24 to 48 hours, we feel much more confident. Yeah. Like there's still hills I'm getting over, but yeah, in those first 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of other complications that they mentioned could happen and did happen. Like for example, they told us, you know, he's probably going to go septic multiple times. So that's when bacteria gets into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And I think you did go septic three or four times yeah. just because with burns, it's such a huge risk for infection. Like your skin is exposed 
he had the endotracheal tube down. There's a pathway for infection. You had a central line in. So that's a huge vessel for infection. So there was lots of factors and it was very overwhelming, very scary. And also me not being able to be there with him after that first day, that was also really scary because I was kind of just waiting to hear things. I didn't really know. So yeah. Not going to lie. I'm glad I was asleep for all of this. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Because <laughs> even just like how swollen you were, that I can't even imagine. Like that would be so uncomfortable. Well, like you wouldn't be able to see, right? Because like no, my, like my your eyes, eyes were swollen, swollen shut. shut. Your yeah. your torso and your arms and your head was bandaged. They had kind of cleaned up the wounds. They were debriding. They did some debriding. Bandaged everything. But yeah, your face was exposed and it was just so puffy. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. Did they do any debriding at that point? I honestly don't remember. I don't think they did. I think they waited. For anyone waited. who doesn't know, debriding is just a term for uh, basically getting rid of uh, dead tissue and skin and stuff like that. That isn't that's preventing you from healing. Basically. Yeah, and they might have. I'm not really a hundred percent sure because. You arrived on the Friday and then we're going to save the details of the surgeries for next week's episode, but they kind of let you rest over the weekend, let you get through that first critical phase. Yeah. And then they started your surgeries on the Monday. So yeah. So I, I don't know if they did. I feel like they probably just like kind of cleaned the wounds and well, oh yeah, covered this, them. This debriding we're talking about is part of the surgeries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also another interesting thing that I don't even know if, I've, I might have told you this previously, but whenever they, just because of the nature of the accident, the communication that happened between Winchester and Sunnybrook, they thought at Sunnybrook that you had chemical burns oh. and not. And the thing is, there's all kinds of different types of burns. Yeah. So, so they yeah. were prepared. Like when they got the call, they're like, okay, we're getting this patient He's got chemical burns. Like, that's what they thought they were getting. So whenever we had that initial meeting, they were like, yeah, when we when we got him, we thought he was going to have chemical burns. We were prepared to treat this. And then when he came, we realized it was burns, burns. From, the from the fire because, yeah. yes, it was caused by chemicals, but you actually caught on fire. And that's yeah, what and burned that's your burn skin. So that was kind of interesting. So they because I, I don't believe the chemical I was working with. I don't believe it's like acidic. So I yeah. I don't quote me on that. I, I can't remember exactly. I don't believe it's acidic though. Yeah. So um, that was so, yeah. Yeah. So they. I mean, luckily they see burns of all kinds, so they knew what to do. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was kind of the first couple of days. Um, well, the first day, I mean. And they let us stay with you for a couple hours. It was just very emotional and especially for me, well, for everyone, but for me knowing like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to see him till I don't know when. when, I don't know how he's going to do. And for anyone who's thinking like, as if like, like Abby wasn't Blake's visitor kind of thing, it worked out better for my mom to be my visitor just because yeah. she was able, like her work was able to give her ample time for her to stay in Toronto and actually she she lived there right while I was yeah she ended up renting an Airbnb for yeah like she two would come months. in every day yeah so yeah it just worked so, out better for my mom like you were finishing school and yeah. yeah it was a tough decision but it just just 
all of the cards kind of led to that and I feel like I don't even like thinking about it because it just it sucks and I mean I it is what it is it's past and you're home now but thank god for technology because yeah. I got to visit on FaceTime every single day. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of these visits, actually. Yeah, Blake was under for probably a month, so. Yeah, you, vi- you just visited my face, I guess. I yeah, <laughs> so from there, like I said, we visited for a couple hours, and then when it was time to go, I was going to stay in Toronto for the night because we had driven up that morning, but I just, it was just so emotional, and I was so tired. I honestly just wanted my family I mean, of course, your family is my family, too, but I just wanted to come home and I just wanted my parents. And it's funny that you still want your parents when you're an an adult. adult, But so I was going to stay. And then just honestly, the thought of even being in Toronto and knowing that you were so close to me and And I couldn't couldn't go just it was such a weird feeling. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. So we ended up. Brayden and I drove home that night. Carly Brayden's, and your mom. Brayden's my brother again. Carly's my sister. Yeah. So Carly and Blake's mom stayed up and because she was able to visit the following day and onwards. And Brayden and I drove home. So is, that, is that drive home the time that you had your uh, funny experience? What funny your, experience? Your pee experience. Oh, that was the drive there. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> okay i guess i'll share this thanks blake (laughs) whatever um so as we all know nothing is open in ontario not even bathrooms well most places bathrooms are closed yeah and at this time so this was back in december it was like december 5th so toronto was really bad for covid at this time so literally nothing was open you couldn't even go to a tim hortons to use the bathroom and i had to pee so bad on the way there the first day and i was like oh frig like i have to pee really bad and brayden's like yeah i do too so anyways we see this tim horn so we pull off the highway and we're like oh shit it's closed like what the heck so we see this other car with like a bunch of guys that got out and they were just peeing on the side of the friggin drive through so i'm like okay well i guess we're gonna have to pee outside so there was like a fence where the drive through was so I went behind the fence to pee, basically in a field, and then Brayden was peeing too, and then we realized that we were literally, like, not intentional, obviously, but we were, like, right across from each other, like, between the the fence, fence. and it was, like, just (laughs) so weird. Well, I'm kind of glad he stuck close. Well, I know it probably wasn't on purpose, but I'm glad he stuck close to you, though, (laughs) in Toronto, like... Well, this was, like, on the outskirts of Toronto, so it wasn't... It was, like, a friggin' farm field, like... (laughs) Anyway, so that was interesting. <laughs> and then on uh, another time, same thing. Uh, your Oma and I had to pee in a snowbank because <laughs> there was literally nowhere to pee. <laughs> so good times, good times. Yep. So yeah, Brayden and I drove home that same night. And from there, for me, the comfort was just being at home. If I couldn't be with Blake I wanted to be kind of in our home where we lived together because yeah. it was familiar and kind of felt your presence here, I mm-hmm. guess. And so no, you're forgetting a big part of this as well. Yes. The big part is our doggo our child <laughs> lives here as well. So he was honestly a big help. And so Therapy yeah, that dog. was, that was kind of where I was at with, uh, with that. Yeah. 
So that was nice. Brayden and I had a little bonding time in the car ride home. We never really spend time together, just the two of us. So we, we bonded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of that story, I guess. Yeah. The continuation of our story. So. Do we have a hint of uh, what we're going to get into next week? Or are we. Yeah, I think next week oh, yeah, um, we already mentioned that earlier yeah we're i mentioned it earlier we're gonna get into my surgeries yes we get into kind Which of are ongoing <laughs> yes they are still ongoing yeah. we had like had one a few weeks ago now yeah. and there's p- possibility of more in the future yeah hopefully they're almost done but yeah, yeah so next week's episode we're gonna get into Blake's surgeries. kind of the process of what they do yeah, kind of Surgically. how... Like, so I, they pump me up with all the fluids and everything, uh, but they, they still have to get rid of that dead tissue, right? And they still have to... Yeah. And then we're going to get into the grafting process. Yeah, because with third-degree burns, as we mentioned, I think I've mentioned this a few times now, but it damages not only the top layer of skin, but it damages the bottom layers as well, right down to your hair follicles, your sweat glands, and your nerves. So with third-degree... I don't know kind if I of. mentioned this, sorry, I don't know if I mentioned okay. this in the last podcast, but that makes total sense because I remember in the, am, like, I remember briefly in the ambulance, I kind of remember telling those two ambulance, paramedics, sorry, um, I remember them asking me about my pain level, I think, mm-hmm. and I think I said, I'm pretty sure I said I don't have much pain, but I can't mm-hmm. feel my face. That's what I told yeah. them, was that I can't feel anything on my face. It's crazy. It was with, like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It was really weird. My face was just all completely numb. And I think it was the same as yeah. everywhere else that was burned. I just I think only it's really a, noticed my face. I don't know why. I but. think it's a combination of shock, but also because your nerve da- uh, your nerve fibers were damaged, you don't feel pain, which yeah. is yeah. really crazy. So yeah, so with third degree, um, the treatment unfortunately is skin grafting with burns to this extent and there's different kinds of skin grafting as well we'll get into yeah this so stuff. next week we're going to talk about the process of the surgeries kind of how they did it when they did them stuff like that so i think it'll be pretty interesting so yeah thanks for tuning into this yeah, week's thanks, episode guys. um i know we kind of talked about a lot of complex we're, information we're, today yeah, but we're a little all over the place today but i mean yeah i had i feel like i had it all planned out what i wanted to say but it never goes that way so it's better off the cuff anyway yeah i just <laughs> had to do a little bit of research i knew kind of what the treatment was like i knew that it was like a fluid resuscitation and all this stuff but uh, the other day i was like hey i need to do some research because i don't want to give the wrong information so so yeah Hopefully uh, we weren't too all over the place for you guys and hopefully you enjoyed this episode and yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.